Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home Home repair. repair. Today we have a special guest on the phone, going to be talking all things insurance adjustment. Who do we have here? We have Jack Hanks of Velocity Public Adjusting, and he's uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona right now, as we are in Seattle. I think our weather is probably better than yours right now, Jack. Actually, it is raining and 64 degrees here today, which oh. is a once in a every six month thing here for us. So, <laughs> and you guys are probably liking it, aren't you? Yeah, we don't know what to do when it rains, so it's a big <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. This is going to be really interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, you are. Thank you for having us. We're excited to talk to you guys. We do uh, a lot of work in Washington. It's a good state for claims, actually. So, why do you say that? Well, so every state has its own laws and statutes, and the Washington laws are very consumer-friendly up there, one of the few in the country that are that uh, that lean towards the insured that way. So you guys are very lucky where you guys are at, actually, for insurance claims. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Our uh, insurance commissioner and the policies are, like you say, very uh, protect the consumer quite a bit. Yes, one of the very, very few in the country that are that are that uh, that, that well behind. To be honest with you. And how many how many states can you actually operate in? You know, uh, you um, talk about being licensed. Are there only a few states that that want your kind of folks in there? Well, there's there's three states that uh, have banned public adjusting: Arkansas, our good friends in Arkansas, our good friends in Alabama, and our good friends in South Dakota do not rec- recognize public adjusting. Wow. Uh, the other 47 and Puerto Rico do, and out of those 47, we are licensed. I believe 39 of them. So we pretty much operate. Pretty much the whole country, except for a few little minor East Coast states. We, we don't we don't dolve them everywhere else. We're good to go. Cool, cool. So if we can outline where you come in the game. Is, I want to I wanna have him explain exactly yeah. what this is, what what we're talking about here. We're not talking about yeah. PEMCO or GEICO or anything like that. We're talking about. No, not at all. We actually, so we, we work on the consumer side. We actually represent property owners when they have a loss. It's very similar the best thing I can compare it to is when you go to file your taxes, right? You want to have your CPA go through all your stuff and put it together and package it up and send it into the IRS to pay what you feel is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think about it, you basically pay your pre- it's a so your your insurance contract is a you pay your premium. It's it's a contract of, of adhesion, which means it's non-negotiable. It's take it or leave it. It's X amount per year for your premium. And you, you don't get to really negotiate the cost. It is what it is. So at the same time, the insurance companies actually control the input of the money and the output of the money. They try to control what they're going to pay on the claims as well. They have their own claims adjuster, their own experts, things like that. So you have a, a, a large fire, a large flood, hurricane, whatever. They're going to send their own people on your property and tell you what they're going to pay you for what you're owed, which if you think business-wise doesn't really make any sense. So what our job is is to come in and kind of even the playing field up and say, you know what, that's probably not going to work. We're going to do our own investigation. We're going to read the policy ourselves. We're going to do our own documentation and put our estimates of of damages and meteorology reports and things like that on your behalf and then submit that to the carrier and then tell the carrier 
what you're owed instead of having them tell you what they're gonna what you're gonna get paid. We kind of turn the tables on them to kind of make a little bit more even because if you think about it, they have like a trillion dollars uh, fighting consumers with literally you know pennies and dimes. It's not a very fair fight. Wow, that's that's just amazing. So it's the consumer, it's the person that just had that loss, had the fire. They're the, ones, yeah, we rep- they're the ones that contact you. Yep, and we represent them through the whole process. We basically drive the entire claim, and you know we've done this for 30-some years, so we, we understand the process, how it works, and our, our, our job is to get the claim done correctly, whether it's a dollar or, you know, the numbers are relevant. It's all about getting it done correctly. That's, that's the idea. And what's your leverage? Like you say, insurance companies have a, a monopoly of sorts, and like you say, control both sides of it. What's your leverage to come in and say, actually, we disagree with that amount. We think it's this. Well, like the cool part is like in, in Washington, for instance, they have very, very, very friendly consumer uh, statutes and laws, which is a great protecting for the great protector for the for the insured. Um, so all, all we do is, you know, we read the so the policy is a contract. We read the policy head to toe, and our job is to find those little hidden gems in there mm. to determine coverage and additional costs that you're entitled to, and as well as there's certain statutes and and laws that the insurance company they they have 30 days to pay or deny the claim. They have 30 days after proof of loss is submitted to pay the claim in full there's, or, or they're subject to a lot of fines and, and, and regulations that they don't really want to talk about, of course, because they want to drag it out as long as they can and wear people down. And, you know, once again, they're, they're a for, insurance companies are for-profit organizations, right? And they have every right to be, mm-hmm. as we are and as you guys are. That's what we're, we, we, we get up every day and we're entrepreneurs and we want to make sure our our business is successful and that we do it the right way. Insurance companies are, you know, they're controlled the narrative on both sides. So, um, like I said, we use laws, statutes, and the policy uh, to, to dictate what the consumer and the property owners actually owed fairly and squarely. And, you know, we don't make things up. It's all black and white. Uh, it, it, if, the, if the piece of wood is $11, we try to get the consumer $11. That's, that's what our job is to do. But the insurance company can turn around and say, nope, we don't agree with the numbers you came up with. We're taking our adjuster. Then what happens? Yes. However, though, the cool part of what we do, we actually we do their job better than they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're more trained. We're more efficient. We're, you know, we're looking for, just like your CPA is better than the IRS of what they do because he's looking for every little thing he can get his hands on, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing here. So we basically wear them out with documentation and facts. And if, if we do come to a a, a, an impasse, basically, there's a couple avenues we can take. We can, you know, go to a, what's called appraisal, which every insurance policy has. It's a, it's a third-party independent um, outcome on both sides that you import a third-party independent, and they look at the loss themselves again, and they try and agree on a number or, or the, a result of the claim. Or there's always litigation. We work with a lot of very, very good law firms around the country um, that if we can't get the consumer to home base, um, they can certainly file suit against the carrier and take them to court. You can imagine the, the large insurance companies in the world don't want to put a consumer on the stand because it's never a good story for them. Right, um, right. <laughs> yeah. So we use that leverage. It's, it's all about us creating risk for the insured. If if we present a good proposal and a, and a good cost for, for you know policy determination and, and good loss and, are, and we're well documented, the insurance company is going to look at that and assess their risk because if they don't want to have a three hundred thousand dollar claim turn into a million dollar claim if they lose a court, so mm-hmm. they're we put them at risk basically of if they lose they're going to pay a heck of a lot more. Just just pay fairly now. We won't have to go down that road. So we, we don't do that often, but we're certainly not averse to doing that when it when it's needed and when it's justified for sure. 
And like you say, the insurance company really does want to avoid that. That's an yeah. expensive direction. I mean, the last thing you want, I mean, what the insurance companies don't want is a lot of really bad case law against them. Mm. Um, because once that starts piling up, um, you know, the courts get more liberal with it and more people start suing. And next thing you know, these, you know, a 50,000 hour claim becomes 200,000 hour claims and they have 50 of them. So, I mean, honestly, it's all an algorithm for them. Yeah. You know exactly what they're going to pay before the claim even starts. You just got to find that sweet spot that they're comfortable with, not, not to take them to court. But we construct every file like we're going to go to court, even though we don't. Sure. Uh, we, we just want to, yeah, we just want to put that, like, we're not afraid to do that, right? So um, the way we document things and the way we approach things in our letter writing and our correspondence is very, very methodical. And it's, it's, it's a chess game. There's a reason why each piece of, of the puzzle is moved, basically. Phew, just taking it all in. It's like, wow, yeah. okay. It's a lot, okay. right? It is, it is a lot. Okay, so so what kind of claims are, are we talking about? Okay, I own a home. So I have um, a flooded basement, right? My my drywall is trash. My flooring is trash. Is this, is this the type of thing that I would call you in? And then, and then my insurance company comes in and they say, mm, we're going to give you $2,500 right. to get this all taken well, care of. We're talking 1,500 square feet. You know, and, and it's probably fifty thousand, right? Exactly. So, so you get on, on a basement. It's got a, that's a little bit different scenario because a lot of people don't have flood coverage. So, depending how the water got in, that might not be a covered claim. Broken pipe. So a, broken pipe would be covered, right? Okay. Exactly. So, you know, uh, water damage claims, hurricanes, storms, hail. Hur- we're doing a lot of hurricane claims in New Orleans. We have a ton of mm-hmm. tornado claims in the Midwest now. We're doing. Um, we do a ton of house fires around the country and commercial fires around the country. Um, you know, tornadoes right now are the, a huge thing. We have several of those going in the Tennessee, Kentucky, and Louisiana areas as well. So any peril that your home can have done to is basically, you know, a vandal- we have a lot of vandalism claims, believe it or not. Mm. Um, you know, people leave really? and they come home, all their stuff's gone. And yeah, because what will <laughs> happen is the insurance company makes you prove what you had, right? Right. Um, right. People come, I mean, especially in Phoenix, for instance, we have a lot of winter visitors you know, from the Midwest, and they'll come back, and all of a sudden their house is empty, um, and nobody knew. And we have to go back and reprove the damages and prove what they had and what was stolen. It, it's it's quite a, uh, once again, nobody really knows about us till you, have, till you have to know about us. It's one of the little hidden gems in our little world here. Well, so. I was wondering, you know, like, you'll go to an accountant, to use your metaphor, um, ahead of time and say, what should I yeah. be doing to help myself? Uh, and I know that at the the point that we're talking about, you're paid a percentage, you know, of the claim that you successfully get for, for folks. Um, does it make sense to contact you before to like, look at the insurance policy and to say, what does this really say? Yeah. So that's a great, 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 great question. And we have a lot of large property management companies and, and property owner. I just literally got one today in, uh, in Texas, they sent me their policy. They haven't filed a claim yet. And they go, hey, man, what do we have here? Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of preempted the strike, and we, that way we can game plan. So, and you know, the biggest thing, too, is what's going on. I'm, not, I'm sure up in Seattle as well, like in Phoenix, the property damages have risen 38% last year, another 20% this year. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is everyone's underinsured. Right, right. You come home today, and, and your house is burning the ground. You have 700000 worth of damage and 400000 in coverage. There's a problem there. Right. So everybody, everybody, everybody needs, you know, it, it's what, what's, what's crazy. And we all do the same thing, right? We tell the agent, we want the most inexpensive insurance we can get our hands on, right? Right. Because mm-hmm. it sucks and nobody wants to pay it because 
It's one. It's like going to the dentist. It's like no thanks. Right, right. right. Hopefully you and never have sudden, to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, because you know, residential homeowner insurance is. I mean, I think mine is like twenty three hundred bucks a year. It's not a lot. And then for a few hundred dollars more, you can have the premium exact coverage you need. But very few people do that. And very few businesses do that. Um, you know, brokers are busy. Agents are busy. They're just trying to get stuff done. And next thing you know, your your home is doubled in value, and you're underinsured. And we're that's happening. That that's the biggest thing happening now around the country is, after all these losses, the last six eight months to a year, and the home values have skyrocketed. People are getting killed with this co-insurance penalty because mm. on a lot of on a lot of commercial policies, for instance, there's a twenty or thirty percent co-insurance penalty if you didn't insure your property high enough. They literally take thirty percent of the claim right off the top. Oh wow! Um, yeah. yeah, and that's it's it gets crazy and it gets scary and then people it's life changing. So. It's just hard to keep up. So you got to every year talk to your agent, your broker, and see what the comps are for your house and what your stuff was worth. And you know, we get these house fires, and these kids have these Jordan tennis shoes at five, six hundred bucks a piece. Oh, and right, that's, you didn't know, include that stuff. Adds up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, just to clarify, if I again, I don't have anything wrong. I haven't had an incident. I'm not trying to look for a claim. I'm just really trying to understand, like you say, going to into that contract and finding those little pieces and those little exceptions. Yeah. Can I pay you a flat rate or an hourly rate to assess uh, my insurance contract? And and yeah. then you can kind of look at it and say, oh, you you need you know at least a couple more hundred thousand dollars, you know, coverage. Yeah, we have a we have a website. You can download that. We actually look at all that and then go through it and say, hey, here's what you ought to have. Cool. Because you'd be surprised the the water. Exclu- I mean, there's a lot of water damage exclusions now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's high hail deductibles, high wind deductibles. People just don't know. And they they get blindsided, and it gets it gets a little scary. So. It gets more expensive, but they cover less and less. Ah, uh, for sure. Well, exactly, because they're in business <laughs> to make money, and you know it's in a business model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, yeah I mean, anymore. I mean, you know, I, I do, I've been doing this for a long time, and I tell you, insurance companies used to be very, not I wouldn't say friendly, but easier to work with. Now it's just now they're just marketing companies, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're there to bring premiums in. Um, Aaron Rodgers and um, Chris Paul and all these, uh, the good hands people, they're all, they, every football, basketball, b- baseball game you watch, it's all insurance companies marketing, 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 right? Right. I mean, 90% of the policies out there are the same policy. It's just it's just different rates and what, what you have. I mean, mm. AmFam and Farmers and American Family, and they're all within, I don't know, 5 6 7% of each other on rates, I'm guessing. They're all similar because they all use their, the same algorithms. It's the same weather patterns. Right. Um, they they know the the traffic. They know your cars insured for so. I mean, it's it's the same data they're all collecting all the time. So it's the same stuff, right? So it's right. just a matter of who you jumble with, and you kind of get what you get. Yeah, it's it's a crazy business. It's uh, it's why <laughs> it's 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 eye opening when people don't realize really what's going on behind the scenes. So how do you get people to know who you are? So we we market um, general contractors, roofers, restoration guys, plumbers. Uh, real estate, they're people who have a lot of value of people they know. Because typically when you have a fire or a flood or whatever, the first person you call is a roofer or a plumber or a sprinkler. Guy. You don't call us or your insurance company. Right. You call the guy to fix it. Right. right. So that's the kind of things we market heavily. We, ha- we, we heavily market, you know, large property owners, hotel owners and shopping mall owners and things like that because they have a higher tendency for, for losses. So that's who we market. When a hurricane comes, we'll contact 30 or 40 local roofing companies in the area, and they're the ones out 
you know, mm. getting the phone calls. They're the ones referring us business, basically. That's so interesting. It is. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. So, okay, so you market to general contractor. You market to roofers. Uh-huh. Is it advantageous for the roofer to have you come in because there's a p- possibility that their job price is going to be higher? Um, not so much higher, but it's going to be number well, number one, roofers and general contractors. And it, unless you have a license as an adjuster, you can't talk about the policy. You can't talk about coverage or any or, or anything. You can only talk about your actual estimate. So what happens is a lot of insurance companies are taking to task these roofing companies and general contractors for practicing adjusting or law without a license. And it's happening more and they're getting fined. And I got a call yesterday from a guy in Maryland. Uh, they got they got a hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine for practicing law without a license in Maryland. What'd they do? Because uh, they, they said this is how much it should cost. Well, no, they they started talking about the policy and they were helping the people their their clients uh, do the insurance. And that's so as a contractor, you know, your job is to get stuff built right and put stuff on the walls and get it painted and put it all together again. And that's your job. Um, and I'm not um, qualified, nor am I licensed to do so. If I, if I go put a roof on a home illegally, I would have the same problem. So our, our license allows us to negotiate claims with the insurance companies directly, and it, it allows us to do all that stuff. Talk about the policy and, and laws and statutes and things like that. So the, the roofers and the general contractors, they can't do that. So that's what they bring us in to interpret the policies and give the people a kind of a fair shake on this stuff because they're, they're really not allowed to do that. And the Department of Insurance, is a lot of them are – controlled by the insurance companies. They're looking for people to kind of put on the chopping block, so you can imagine. So a, a contractor who's trying to be helpful and saying, yes. oh, this is what your policy, so it really protects the contractor to say, yep. you know, I, I can't talk to you about your policy or what I think you may or may not be able to claim. And and so they can say, but talk to the, these folks over here. Exactly. And it's a very cohesive group we have. You know, sure. our, our job is to get it, get it bought and give them a give the insured a pile of money to get the work done and the, the contractor signs a contract for the amount of the money that, you know, that they get. And that's how we all kind of work together on this stuff. But once again, we all try to stay in our lane and uh, right. not, not hear from that because it, like I said, practicing law without a license is a very serious offense. So, right. Well, was, that's, that's good information to know. I'm not going to tell anybody about their, <laughs> right. About their insurance policy. Right. I'll just, yeah. Say, you're, you know. I mean, you can talk about your own policy and you can talk like as, as a contractor, you can talk about the damage to the drywall, but you can't talk about its coverages. That, that's, that's the fine line there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the department of part of insurance in Texas set up stings. Well, they try to rope these roofers in and start talking about Man. coverages and they'll literally arrest them wow. on the, on, Come yeah, on it's now. crazy. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's, yep. well, that's kind of petty. <laughs> Well, a little bit. I mean, I, I, yeah. I get it to a point, but, you know, the problem is there's only, I think in um, in Texas, for instance, I think there's only 2,000 or 3,000 licensed public adjusters. Wow. And there's, you know, 20 million people. We, we couldn't handle all the work if we had to. So they, they use this as a tool to kind of control the narrative as well. You could, I mean, mm-hmm. they have all the money, so they, they, they kind of make all the rules, you know, so. T- tell us some of your success stories. Without divulging names and conditions, well, I was, but like I, I was perusing your fa- Facebook page, and you've got n- numbers that are that are there, and I didn't delve into it really, really uh, deeply. But were you on those things? Were you showing the difference between what the insurance company had cl- yeah. said and then what what you actually were able to get? Yeah, we have. I mean, we have. Uh, God, if you saw my Facebook s- scroll, I mean, we've had several last year that we started at thirty to fifty thousand and we get them a million, eight hundred thousand, six hundred I mean it's it's crazy. Is that and without litigation? 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So only we've done 600 claims since June 1st. I think we have five in litigation now. So we we really, 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 really try to get them solved because, you know, litigation, once again, the attorneys we work with are phenomenal. They're great and they're awesome. But however, litigation takes forever. Yeah. Uh, It'll take, especially with the COVID thing. I mean, some stuff didn't even get litigated from two years ago still. So, uh, so the idea is that it's, if, if we can get a consumer 800 grand today, instead of 1.1 in three years, they're probably better off getting 800 grand now to get the thing done. Right. So we try to make it a, it's a business for all of us. We just want to make the best business decision we can. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had several, I mean, go from 40,000 to 250,000 or from, you know, once again, it's all about we're not we're not inflating that number. That's the real number of what they're owed. Mm-hmm. Can you um, can you give us an example of of what that project or what that actually looked like? What that claim looked like? Where you know well, it's like what happened? One of, my, and, one of my favorite stories is we had a um, about four years ago, I think in Phoenix, we had a um, a a minister called me, and they had a um, a church literally on a Sunday night about midnight literally collapse, like wow. nobody was in it, no fire, no flood, no lightning. It literally collapsed, like right on the ground, like just boom. Mm. Yeah, and um, I won't mention the carrier's name. <laughs> and we went out there and we got the policy, and the carrier's like, nope, no coverage on collapse. We're like, something doesn't seem, like, buildings don't just fall down because they just fall down, right? Right, right. So we did some research, and I I, I, I have a, I've been around a while, so I, I brought in a, a demo crew to do some investigative demo per, and I, the carrier knew this, and they were on board with it. And as we're doing this, we're reading the policy, and we found the main beam hidden behind drywall, wrapped in drywall, mm-hmm. was rotted out by termites. Oh. Wow. But come to find out, in this policy, if it was unforeseen damage by termites, guess what? It's a covered loss. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. no. <laughs> wow. So a little two se- yeah, two sentences in this 300-page document we found um, oh. in the beam itself was was eaten through but you couldn't see it and, and the cool part is the church had records of their you know they had termite treatments they had treatments every six months um because we have a lot of bugs out here so everybody has, has right. bug treatment they had it updated they didn't miss any of their times and they kept great records and we presented all that to the carrier and about three months later that we got a call and sure enough i think we got an eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars whatever the policy was and they got the church rebuilt and if we didn't do the you know do 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 the due diligence on that and get the thing investigated and go through it. That church would have been never, probably bankrupt. You know. Yeah, yeah easily. Because I'm sure there's just just a ton of people that that they they hear back from their insurance company. We're not going to cover it. It's not yeah. part of your policy, and they just you know droop their shoulders and they they walk away. There's nothing they they feel like there's nothing they can do. So there's some statistics out that less than five percent of insurance claims get represented by a public adjuster and or an attorney, which means 95% of the time, the insurance companies are controlling the narrative on that claim. It's trillions of dollars. I mean, it's, which mm-hmm. number one, it's God bless them. They can, they're here to make my get it. Right. Right. Um, ho- however, it's a little bit unscrupulous when you're controlling both sides of the, of the checkbook there. So, you know, I, I wish I could tell my vendors what I'm going to pay them. That'd be great. Right. <laughs> you know, right, right. And what I'm going to pay him and how I'm going to pay him. And, um, yeah, but yeah, that'd be nice, so, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Do yeah, you, insurance companies are, are they're making a, a pretty good killing right now, believe me. So, And when you assess uh, whether you're going to take on a client, um, I can only assume that you'll only work over a certain threshold. 
as far as size of a claim or yeah you know if i have a claim for a, a broken window and i don't yeah. think that the insurance company is covering as much as they should you probably won't help on that kind of situation. Oh, uh, yeah. So the problem is, our, at the end of the day, we are a for-profit organization as well. Right. So, that just takes so much research then on your end. Yeah. I mean, a broken window. I mean, so any claim is going to cost us at least a couple grand to handle. By the time we open a claim, get it get it uploaded, do our thing, do the documentation, write our reports. And we have several thousand dollars every time wrapped up in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we so in our world, before we take on a claim, um, we look at it to make sure there's a good date of loss, there's a good policy in place, and it's it's number and number three, it's a legitimate real claim, right? Because you know, every once in a while you get one like, well, I don't really think this really happened like this, so you want to make sure we don't tie our wagon to those. But you know, there are other avenues for people. We can get them with you know, there's smaller firms out there. They'll take smaller claims. There's mm. there's appraisal clauses you can always use, but there is a threshold. I mean, and 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 it does vary by state as well. Mm. I mean, we have much more luck on a hundred thousand dollar claim in Washington than I would in Illinois, for instance, mm-hmm. just because the laws are the laws are so much worse in Illinois. Our our chances of success in your state compared to others are probably tenfold, to be honest with you. Wow, so, right. yeah, right. it's crazy. We look at all that, and if um, if there's no statutory fees for attorneys, and the insurance companies know that, like there is in like Illinois and several other states, if the case does get case does get lost, or even if the case gets won. Um, let, let's if we have a million dollar claim in Illinois and we do win the claim and the attorney's fee is 30%, that literally is coming off the top. Yeah. Plus our fee, so there's really no money left to do the claim anyway. So the insurance company knows that and they use that against us knowing that they're not going to ever go to court with this stuff. So it's a very much of a chess game that we play all the time. Yeah. Um, honestly, the weird part is on some of these claims, we don't do anything. We let them make the first move because once I get them to establish coverage and say yes, then I can kick the door open. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they slam the door shut early on us, our, our hands get a little bit tied behind our back. So we don't want to do that. We kind of want to play a waiting game in, in certain states and certain claims to see what's going to happen first. Then we can come in with my experts. And then it's a, it's a lot of mind game and a lot of, uh, a lot of head scratching, a lot of head banging on your desk and, and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> so can you, in your negotiations with the insurance companies, can you build in some extra of the claim to cover some of your costs? You know, nope. like attorneys can't. You cannot do that. Nope, nope, nope. It's it's strictly a cost to the to the insured. So if I collect a hundred grand and our fee is ten percent, the insured's going to net ninety percent. The good right. news in all that is we usually end up collecting a heck of a lot more than I would have anyway. So right. You know, we we read. You know, I just had a claim here in Phoenix. We got the policy, and the the, the insurance company didn't mention they had a. Uh, 5% debris removal endorsement, which is another $8,600 that nobody mentioned to the insured, mm. right? So that, that's going to help absorb our fees. So stuff like that, we don't want to be a detriment to the claim. If, if right. we're going to put the insured in worse shape, we certainly wouldn't take that claim because us being a negative, is that's not really good PR, nor is it the right thing to morally or ethically do, you know? Do you find that there are some particular carriers that actually adjust relatively fairly. So if you got involved, you it might be cutting it so close that that you might get into a case that the the claim would be ultimately less after your fees. Um, <laughs> or, or are you just not finding that you're like, nope. We know we well, can always get about thirty to forty percent more. 
we've never not earned our fee. I said, here's the thing: we have we have we have an agreement with our insurers. If if we only if, if we collect less than our our fee's going to be, there's no way. You know, we're not going to charge anybody for that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no way we're going to um, harm the insurer. That's just that's just not good business. And karma is a bitch. You know what I mean? Right. So, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't want to do that. But I mean, honestly, across the board, the the stuff we've seen and. The, the statistics we've seen and things we're doing, you know, I think in Louisiana, the Ida claims are doing, they're paying maybe 30% upfront where they need to be and we're going to have to go in and get the other 70%. Wow. So, yeah, it's crazy. And so if if on the rare occasions that you that you don't get any more than what the carrier was willing to pay out, do you still take a fee or you're just like, you only get... Yeah, we're, we're, we're pure contingency. Whatever we... So the date of our contract or whatever's collected after the date of contract, we, we take a fee on. Got it. And okay. if it's zero, we don't get anything. So... But if the company comes back, they originally said they were going to give you eight grand for the project. I think that you can help us out. The wind blows against us and we get back to only getting that eight... Again, I was in a contract with you, so you t- still need to take your, your piece of that yeah, so eight whatever grand. The, whatever the contract is of the day, we, we take a fee for it, we collect after that fact. Got it. So. Got it. That makes sense. Yes. So by, by using a public adjuster or a company like yours, does that ruin the relationship of the, say, homeowner or the insured with the insurance company? No. I mean, they... It, they could really care less. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many, it, it's, even, even if we win and, and, and get another half million, it's such a small drop in the bucket. Um, so it won't hurt their rates anymore than like they, uh, they were going to pay out 8,000. Now they turn around and have to give 60,000. We hear that all the time. So here's the thing that insurance rates are dictated by algorithms, right? Mm-hmm. There's a million factors, your zip code, traffic patterns, weather patterns, um, the age of your home, the type, the condition of your roof, your, your credit score has a heck of a lot to do with it, right? Hmm. Us adjusting a claim properly is not part of that algorithm. I guarantee you that. So so a claim um, is a claim. So if you get nicked for yeah. a claim, it doesn't matter how much that claim was. It's just a claim. Yeah. So it's there's a thing on there. Um, so all, all properties have what's called a clue report, C-L-U-E. And it's like a credit report for your home. And every time you open a claim up, mm. it's on there, whether it's a dollar or a million or whatever the number is. It's on that clue report. It's like a credit report for your home, mm-hmm. and it, it's not—it's not really about the volume or the the amount of the claim. It's about the value. If you have six claims in a year, you're probably going to get canceled, right? Okay. Or if you have two fires in a year, you get, it, it's all about repetition. It's—it's it's a risk for them. So if that property is a risk for them, and you're a multi—you're—you're you're a, a habitual offender, or you're in a, a flood zone, or you're on the coast getting hammered with hurricanes all the time, right. or you're getting a lot of hail or wind, you're going to get probably canceled. It happens all the time. And we have claims that, you know, people have a, they, they can't even get insurance hardly anymore on these coasts in Alabama and Louisiana and Florida. And so the states have to create their own wind mm. coverage through the state. And that's horrible. Yeah. Wow. So back to, back to your Facebook page, you were, you were outside and it looked like there had just been a fire. And you had um, a group of people there that looked like your your uh, you know researchers. They were they were gathering yep. uh, stuff, and you had mentioned something about there was definitely smoke damage on the inside because there were windows that had been boarded over, yep. and apparently insurance company didn't even go in and do anything there, nor did they do anything with asbestos. Do you recall this project? Yeah. So the the way it's supposed to happen is when you have a loss, especially a fire, you can have an asbestos test done to any materials containing asbestos needs to be remediated, drywall, 
flooring materials, ductwork, wrapping, things like that. A lot of that stuff before 92 has asbestos in it. And mm -hmm. if you touch that stuff or it's in the air, that's a problem. It's, it's a contaminant. And your insurance policy covers that. Uh, number two, if you think about smoke, uh, it, it gets absorbed into drywall, carpeting, wood, upholstery. Uh, it gets absorbed into that. So you can't tell by, the, by your eye, I don't care how good you are, if there's smoke damage or not. Mm. Here's the thing about smoke damage, either it is or it isn't, right? Right. So if, if it wasn't, you didn't have smoke damage on Wednesday and you had a fire Wednesday afternoon, you'd probably have smoke damage that night. So we, we, we bring companies in to do what's called soot testing, where they take take samples against the walls and materials. They drill holes in walls, and they just they, they, they see if the smoke penetrated anything. Because if it did, what will happen is you'll get that house repaired or the building repaired. In the summertime, the thing heats up, and that's, next thing you know, you're smelling smoke oh. because you didn't get enough money to remediate the thing properly. Mm -hmm. And the insurance company is like, well, you didn't, you know, you get one shot at this deal. So they're not going to do any extra or any research. So our job is to come in and bring, I have a, I have a team of experts. I have engineers and forensic accountants and um, environmentalists and, and, you know, people write HVAC reports and window reports. And our, their job is to come in and tell me, yes, this we, th these windows are damaged, the seals are broke, and they're discontinued. Or the HVAC guy, is there, is there too much smoke for me to be able to clean this air conditioner properly, and it's never going to be the same again, right? Because right. I'm, I'm not an air conditioning guy or, or anything. Um, that's what those guys are there to tell me if it's right or wrong or what, or what the problem actually is. And that's, our job is to document that. I mean, the insurance companies, you can imagine, they're not going to want to do that. So, right. um, yeah, we bring our team in. So I have my own team of, of documenters here that come in and do all the 3D imaging and the droning and the, and the measuring and things like that and all these other resources we have to come in and, and look at all this stuff. And once again, it's completely independent. And it, our job is, like I, I keep saying, is to get the thing right. Um, that's our job. Because if I have to go to court and raise my right hand, I, I need to be right and, and, and be able to testify to that. So... We're very diligent with that and make sure our guys are on the up and up. And, um, you know, if, if the answer is no, then it's, it's no. That's not a problem. Right. So, so so if a homeowner has an issue, they should be Googling a public adjuster. Is that correct? Should they be calling sure. you? Or, yeah. or they, should they be calling somebody local? Uh, it depends. I mean, we, you know, we handle claims. I think we have eight offices around the country and I have 17 adjusters. And uh, so the bigger stuff, it's easy because you can travel, get it done. Some of the bigger stuff. Riding, define define bigger stuff. Quarter million and above. Okay. Okay. Yeah, losses. Okay. You know, and sometimes like a fifty thousand dollar water loss, there's 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 tons of qualified local public adjusters either just getting started or only like little stuff, and that's what they do, and they excel at it. So I would I would I would encourage anyone if you have anything over ten, fifteen, twenty grand in damages, I would get somebody on your side to look at that stuff because. You just don't know until you know, and for the the ten percent contingency, it's probably worth it to get that protection. And and number two, the, just the headache alone of dealing with that every day, it's a pain in the butt. I mean, right. the document, the emails, and the phone calls, and documentation, and blah blah blah. It's it's a lot of stuff. That alone would be a comfort. Yeah, you know, right. that you're speaking their language and. Yeah, my daughter um, two months ago totaled her car, and I'm like, I had to handle that claim on my own. I was pulling my hair out because it's like. <laughs> Damn it! Now it's it's you know I I can empathize with my clients now because here I am filling out proof of losses and sending all these things in on my own and like I probably spent fourteen to fifteen hours on my own daughter's claim. Jeez. It was only a fifty thousand dollar claim, right? But it's still there's 
if if you think about it, that that probably cost me six, seven thousand dollars of my time right. just to handle that, and that's just a car accident, and it's simple. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine, you have running water or a fire, all the other stuff going on, and it, you got to get the experts on your side, right? That's that's a big, big, big thing, and. Some insurance companies, some adjusters do do it right, and that's a, that's great. That's the way it should be, but we're not needed all the time, but we are, man. It, it's it's a big thing. Yeah, and so how would a homeowner uh, or an insured handle, you do a great job, you get more money than what the insurance company is offering, and your numbers, like you say, are real, yep. um, but then we need to take care of you. And so we only have 90% of the real number that we get paid out. Do you help guide homeowners through that or the insured through that to say, okay, I know you have 10% less to do all this work. Do you, do you help with strategies on that? That's literally one of the first questions people ask me. is like, how am I going to be able to get the work done? I'm like, <laughs> well, no, think about it. We're, we, just, we just tripled your claim. So instead of having 30000 now you have ninety. Right. So right. It's, a, it's a lot easier. Like you guys are contractors, right? If I came to you with a $90,000 cash deal or a $30,000 cash deal, you're probably going to make it work on your end more than a, you know what I mean, cash sure. box. And right, right. So what we do is I, I, I do have relationships around the country with a lot, a lot of great vendors and contractors and roofers, water people. So, um, and what, what I tell the company is like, here's three or four names, interview them, talk to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, so at the end of the day, you know, the insured's job is to contract with their contractor for the amount that they want to get it done. And you need to, the, the insured needs to pay their deductible and then whatever kind of deals they can make with their contractors is great. But at the end of the day, you are getting substantially more money by using our services than you wouldn't. So you, you can't look at it like it's, it's a 10% Fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. It's, it's, you already have fifty percent more than you right. would have it's, had, so you would ten right. exactly. percent plus fifty percent. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> exactly, right. And yeah, so, but you know, I do get that question a lot. You know, you know, once again, it's you know, we do enough volume that we kind of have a lot of leverage with our with our contractors, and they sure. know, we, and our our scopes are pretty are pretty good, and we get a lot more money than a typical contractor would have gotten for the work anyway. Mm-hmm. So the contracting, it's a very it's a tough business, and I know your profit margins can be all over the place. So we want to make sure, you know, we have good vendor partners. And I mean, a, a good claim is when the insured is made whole, our fee is paid, we're profitable, and the contractor does a great job and they're profitable as well. Right. So right. That's, that's a good claim all the way around. There's nothing worse than a contractor makes a claim, they lose money at it. And that's no good for anybody because it's, it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. They're so, not doing that very often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah that's, right. You can't last long losing money. It's not right. fun. Right. Like you say, there's the bit of a bit of art, a bit of forensic in your work. How do you sniff out fraud if somebody's contacting you, and you know how do you get the story right? Well, well, I've been doing this since 1989. Um, <laughs> you know that little gut feeling you have in your gut that when you don't listen to it, everything goes to hell on you. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. oh yeah, yeah. I, I've learned the last. 10, 15, whatever, I, I start listening to that. And I have an old saying, if it, if it looks like S and smells like S, it's usually <laughs> S. Right, right. Um, Do you have protection in your contract with, the, with your clients? Do you say, and if we, get, if we go down the road and we find out yeah, that you we, did do something unscrupulous that you... Oh, we'll terminate that immediately, yeah. I mean, I've only had, I think, one arson claim in 30 years that's been actually real arson. And yeah. about the third day in it, we're like, nah, I think she did it. So, ah, really? Oh, wow. 
Yeah, you can usually tell. I mean, so the house fires, especially, are traumatic, right? And you're right. going to be emotional for a few days. But at the same time, when things don't make any sense, they you can just you just know you have a when things don't add up, they don't add up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, our, our licenses and our reputation means a heck of a lot more than a fifteen thousand dollars fee from some random person I'm never going to see again. So right, right. Well, it's just you know, you know, and, tricky. Like like to your church example. You know, walking in there to say, I, well, we don't know what happened. Right. You know. And not knowing is okay, right? And, you know, that that could have been where that beam didn't get rotted out and something just happened. That's okay, too. So, mm. once again, the, the truth usually comes, it, it, 99.99% always comes out. Yeah. Um, and the ones that you have a wonky feeling with or, you know, we've had a couple or mysteriously the people had all these really good photographs before the house burned. I'm like, <laughs> who really has those that those, all those receipts and those, it doesn't, um, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're way too organized. It's like right. something doesn't really feel wow. good here because. It's like either you're an actuary and you have that kind of. <laughs> or you're nuts yeah. or, you're a, or you're an arsonist. One of right. those three. So, wow. and I don't want to do work with any of those. So. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, very, 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 I mean, accidents happen, fires happen, floods happen, hurricanes happen. Everybody we deal with is on the up and up, and they're frustrated and scared, and it's an emotional experience, and it's it takes a toll, and it, it's it's hard on marriages and relationships and kids yeah. and families at work, and it's you know you got to uproot your life and move somewhere else and get the kids back in school, and it's it's a, it's a lot, man. It's I mean you you go home and all your can you imagine going home tonight, and all your stuff is gone, right? Right. Your oh, right. Your, your photographs, your trophies, your your kids' memorabilia, your Oh, it's just your photo album's gone, yeah. and there's there's not a, enough money in the world we can get them to replace those things. So we 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 tell them up front, like guys, you're gonna, it's it, you know that was it the seven cycles of death that people go through, the seven yeah. emotions, yeah, hate, pain, suffering. Um, I mean, you you have that on some of these losses because you literally are are going through that because you'll go to look for something and it's not there, mm-hmm. and man, it's it's devastating. So right. There are days I want my house to burn down. Stop (laughs) it. Don't even. You're going to feel sorry. Check your policy first. Yeah, check it. (laughs) Check your policy first. Yeah. Well, then I I wouldn't have to clean the garage. Right. Clean your damn garage. All right. Oh, well, thank you so much. This has been very, very interesting. and, And it goes along with we've had a couple other episodes that, you know, really know your house, really understand your policy. And really it's take so the time important. to learn it. Yeah, it's it's such an undervalued thing. I mean, you can, I mean, literally for a few hundred dollars a year, you cannot have a lot of these hassles, and mm-hmm. it's so very worth it. And man, I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. So. Sorry, one more question to circle back around. Do you find that when you guys get involved, that things can happen a little quicker? You know, that claim turning that around to actually getting cash in hand, save no litigation and that kind of thing. But if everything goes straight forward, um, do do the do the insurers kind of sit up a little taller when they know you guys are going to be involved? Yeah. So our our, our big thing is um, we want to we want to be respected, and we are respected by the carriers. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, because they they know we're going to be fair and we're going to do a good job. And we're not going to pull any BS or we're not going to do the bait and switch game on them. So right. the first thing we do is we send a letter rep in. And I'll, I'll I'll ask for an advance if we know it's a a five hundred thousand dollar claim. I'm like, dude, there's no reason you can't send a hundred grand out. Like, let's uh, let's get that done. Let, let, let's get the ball rolling. 
for these people to kind of get their lives back together. And um, as, as we're putting it together, you're going to owe that money anyway. So we yeah. ask for that and squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So <laughs> we're very adept to, uh, we know how to get the money released um, quicker than most. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. And number, number two, um, my guys like to get paid quickly as well. So um, right. the quicker the checks come in, the quicker we get paid because we have, we have tons of expenses. You can imagine. I mean, we'll go in and spend 50, 60 grand sometimes on a claim before we see anything, you know? So right, right. speed is a big thing and efficiency because we know exactly what the insurance company needs from us to get the thing done. So that's what we send them. We're not trying to send them a bunch of smoke and mirror stuff. We're going to send them everything in a box with a bow on it. Like, here you go, unwrap it, look at it, let's go, you know? And, and anyone who is claiming to be a public adjuster, like you say, has to be licensed, right? Yes. Just to keep help people avoid scams. And yeah, such. so we, we're a fiduciary, so we're, we're audited by the Department of Insurance. Mm. Our, our fingerprints are checked by the FBI. Um, wow. We have to be bonded and licensed. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you think about it, we're running, I don't know, 100 and some million dollars a year through our account because mm. we the, the checks come to us with the insurance name on it, and we're a fiduciary. So we have, oh, to, okay. we have to put a trust account just like attorneys. And if, um, man, you can't, I mean, I, I don't, I barely even, I don't have any speeding tickets. I mean, we try to run a really clean bill <laughs> because it's a slippery slope. And it's, yeah, so we are, we're, we're background checked heavily. You can't have any felonies, any, any things like that. And so it, it's a big, uh, it, it's a big deal. It's a big undertaking. And it, it's, a, um, we understand the responsibility behind it. We take it very seriously. So pub all public adjusters will be the fiduciary. Everything will come through you. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We are a, uh, yeah, the check comes with our name and the insurance name on it. Okay. And so yeah. if somebody's just claiming, yeah, we're going to get money right to you, that, that smells bad. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and any, any last words of advice for homeowners or business owners? Just review your policies. Um, have a Rolodex of experts ready to go. Mm. You know, things like that. You know, and the biggest thing, too, is have photos of all your stuff. Just even mm. have those available. And if you have any weird stuff you purchased, like a expensive painting or a, a one-off baseball card, even though it sounds weird, or mm. a, a diamond ring or anything um, above and beyond a normal policy, insure that thing differently and put a writer under policy for that. You'd be surprised oh. how many wedding rings people don't get compensated for or weird stuff like that, or antiques, have your, once again, for a hundred bucks a year, have your agent add that stuff because you don't need it until you need it. And then you need it and they're out 30 grand. It's very upsetting, mm -hmm. you know? And, and would that be because they didn't specifically name it under their home yeah. items? Okay. Yeah. So a lot, most policies have like a $2,500 jewelry writer built in them. Okay. Um, but you know, most, most engagement rings anymore are twenty five thirty thousand dollars So it doesn't, that 2,500 bucks doesn't go very far. So anything, furs, jewelry, things mm -hmm. like that, if, if it's not an additional writer specifically for that item, it won't be covered uh, past that, past that amount. Past that threshold so, there. Mine yep, would be uh -huh. guitars. Yeah, mine yeah, would well, be guitars so too. Yeah. <laughs> what you would do is you, you would get those, you would take photos, you would get those valued and, and, and have an appraised value to that and call your agent and give them that, and then you would have a writer on those guitars. Mm -hmm. So if something ever did happen, you could be compensated to replace those things. If not, I'm without seeing your policy, I can almost guarantee you, you won't have coverage for those. And is it a matter of it's not covering those, 
or you will have overspent what you were like, let's say, uh, you know, I'm covered for items in my home up to a hundred thousand dollars. Are you yeah. saying you still have a hundred, you, you might have some room still on that hundred thousand, but it didn't say I was going to cover guitars. Well, here's yeah, a perfect example is like, uh, like remember we talked beginning, like the, we get a, a lot of, um, a lot of house fires we do where it'll, it'll say like Nike shoes. Mm. Right. Well, I can tell you the Nike shoes I'm wearing now are $125. The Nike shoes my kids wear are about $600. Right? What are you doing buying them $600 shoes? You know how kids are, man. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's the same thing. So you can, yeah. if you have like an autographed Eddie Van Halen guitar and you don't have any, any backing for that or have a writer on that, right. you're really only owed the value of that guitar. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, yes, you, yes. I okay. see. Yeah, gotcha. So instead of being a $10,000 item, it, they're going to give you $400 for that. Because you, you you didn't prove or or you didn't put that aside as as a as, a, as an exception to your policy, right? because so. they might have because if they would have known, they would have said, "Hey, that's not going to go under your regular homeowners yeah, because you, it is it, so valuable. Uh, you need exactly. something exactly okay." Antiques another big deal. Like those things are very like you, you'll you know um, people say have this antique or have this piece of paper from you know the Gettysburg Address and it's worth five million dollars. Well. Technically, in an insurance world, it's only worth the value of the piece of paper. Ah, uh, right. And they can't value great? it now because it's destroyed. And there's so they, no value to it, right? There's right. Hundreds, you, there's no yeah. value. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. So it's, it's weird stuff like that you got to think about. And, so how know, do they so, put a value on it? Like I've got a 1932 Gibson guitar. Get, a certificate, get it certified appraised. Have that. Give that to your agent and put a writer in your policy. And that, that, that actual guitar, 1932 Gibson with a serial number, and the appraised value will be in your policy. So if something does happen to that guitar, you'll be compensated for it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and they can't deny it. It's the no, safeguard it's, of them not denying it. Correct. Under, you, you basically bought that coverage, and I'm sure it's minimal. You know what I mean? Right, right. Or, yeah. or could it still be covered under the overall homeowners, but that carrier is aware that that piece of property is in your house? They're going to make you put a ride around They're going to make you. A, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Once again, if it's if it's if it's wonky and looks, I, I would spend the fifty bucks a year or whatever it is, you know. Sure. So. Interesting. Maintenance on your insurance, Alicia. Oh my God! One more thing, she's making me do maintenance on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so thank much. Thank you, this Jack. Awesome. This sure. was great. Really. I great. appreciate it, guys. Insurance is it's it's a crazy world, man. So so go ahead and uh, remind us the name of your company and your website. Uh, Velocity Public Adjusting. The website is www.vpa.claims. And look us up. We're available. We're licensed in 38 states, including Washington. We're here to help you. anybody who needs help. So Great. Wonderful. Thank you, Jack. Awesome. Thank you so right, much. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.